We've never had an episode that I describe as both inspirational and adorable. But today, I think we just might have done it. Today, Jim's wife, Andrea, joins him on the show, and they talk about what it's like to balance the most important relationships in your life while launching, growing, and thriving in a home-based internet business. They've been doing just that for 15 years with five kids. So, I think you'll learn a thing or two from this one. Get ready to meet Jim's better half. This is going to be fun. Hi, this is Jim. Welcome back to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Today, I have my favorite guest of all time. (laughs) If you haven't read the description yet, it's my wife. She's sitting right here next to me, Andrea. I'm getting ready to meet her. Finally got her on the podcast. I told you guys I would have her here eventually, and she's here. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm here. Yes, you are. And we're pretending there's people listening to us live right now, even though this is recorded, because that will help Andrew. I do much better with live people. Yeah, right now we're just sitting in our beautiful, spacious studios. Yeah, that's really not true. Staring out at the ocean waves, (laughs) washing up on the shore beneath our palatial office It's actually overflowing trash cans and books all over Jim's floor in the office. (laughs) Full of stuff we got to sell on eBay and Amazon. a total mess in here. Uh, It is. So now we've blown the whole image of the show. Dude, Um, your live videos do that already. (laughs) That's true. That's true. I keep a very messy office and you're very likely to hear dogs barking and kids interrupt. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, that won't be any surprise at all. But the first thing I want to do, since I've got my wife here with me, is just have her tell a little bit of who she is. Just kind of go. We did a little bit of preparation for this episode, but not a lot. We've got a handful of questions. Uh, And maybe while you think about that for a second, babe, how about I just say, here's some of the topics we're going to hit so people know if this is something they want to stick around for, which I think you do. Maybe you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking, what does this have to do with me? Well, If you're married or you have other people in your life in any significant way whatsoever, sometimes there's a little bit of a navigation that goes on on balancing real life and business. And we're hoping some of what we say today helps you out with that because none of us are on an island. We all have other people we love in our lives. And a lot of our listeners are actually married, which is a whole nother level of commitment. Amen. That's that's the most important relationship in your life. It should be if you're married which is a whole nother topic, but you know, how do you navigate that? Especially, and maybe I'll say this before we get going, babe, you know, there's, there's kind of two ways you can do this entrepreneur thing. If you're married to another entrepreneur, well, that's a whole set of balancing act between benefits and challenges. Or if you're married to someone in this case, Andrea is an artist. So, you know, she's very much opposite of an entrepreneur and that's a beautiful arrangement with benefits and challenges as well. So we're going to go into that side of the bell curve because that's where we clearly are. We couldn't be more different on the topic of business. Entrepreneurial and entrepreneurial spouses will come up though. Yeah, we've got another interview scheduled not too far after this one. It's a couple who, you know, there's several couples in our community. No, I mean in this podcast, it'll cover. Oh yeah, yeah. It'll cover. We'll definitely talk about both. But there's, there's two approaches. We're definitely on one end of the bell curve where we're pretty different, where I'm the business guy and she's not. And that's fine. We navigate it. Maybe you're married to someone entrepreneurial, and that's a different topic altogether. Uh, Here's some of the topics we're going to hit. Then Andrea's going to introduce herself a little bit. Oh, my. We're going to talk about the transition we made. It's been, you know, we're coming up on 15 years. Soon, it'll be 15 years that we've been full-time internet-based entrepreneurs living this lifestyle of, you know, using the internet to earn our income with a lot of flexibility. So we're going to talk about the transition from career to that. and what It it was not easy. It wasn't. And you don't have to get that close to the microphone. Sorry. People had just had to turn down their speakers. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> You're doing great. You really are. Okay. You're doing great. Okay. 
Okay, so the benefits of this lifestyle are routine. Some tips for families who might be considering, hey, is this something that we want to do? What are some of the negatives, maybe? Is this something we want to avoid? What's, uh, you know, we're going to that a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit about Andrea's role. Even though she's not entrepreneurial, if you came to her and people try sometimes, they'll do this and they'll say, hey, give me some business tips. Like <laughs> instantly, like, oh man, I, she, just, she doesn't do that side of the business. She just doesn't. And they find out very quickly, but she does have a very significant and important and popular role at our business events. So we're going to talk a little bit about what that role is and consistently, well, you've done it three times now, right? You've had the no, breakout four, session. Four. You did it at the first oh, no, CES no. Is too? Is five? Is September five? Yeah. yeah. So three times. Three, three. Yeah. You've had a breakout session and you've taken anyone who wants to come and talk because they're, they're either married to an entrepreneur or they're uh, talking, want to talk about family issues and entrepreneurial issues, kind of like this podcast today. Just get to know Andrea a little bit and hang out with a bunch of other people who maybe aren't entrepreneurial, but they're married to one. And you guys have these great sessions, the, consistently the highest reviewed session of the entire event. People just give us all this raving feedback and you don't allow them to be recorded because no. you want privacy protected. And they we never that. will be. Yeah. So we, you guys can talk very openly about pretty much any subject and it's been a great breakout. So we'll talk a little bit about your role there. And then finally, how we navigate the passion I have, and you guys have heard it on this episode. You know, one of my greatest passions in life is Andrea. After <laughs> that, second, no, oh, you guys have heard my priority list before, but one of the greatest passions that I have is helping entrepreneurs succeed and all these creative business ideas that, you know, so my mind can instantly drift in that direction if allowed for hours. It's nice to have someone to balance that out, but how do you navigate? having a passion that doesn't necessarily completely align with your spouse's passion. I think it's a fantastic thing. It's great because none of us have completely overlapping passions. That doesn't exist. And actually that sounds kind of boring to me, to be honest, but maybe some people do have their top 10 passions are identical. That's not the case with us. So how do we navigate that? That'll be the topic that we'll hit and plus anything else that might happen along the way. But Lord knows. I'm going to let you talk now. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so people can decide, hey, is this something I want to stick around for? Oh, yeah, I no, think they do. No pressure. It's going to be a very entertaining episode today. <laughs> I have a feeling. But so you go ahead, tell us a little bit about yourself, introduce yourself, maybe some things they don't know about us because, um, you know, this is a business show and here we are doing some family stuff. I think this is going to be cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. I... Um, Andrea. Um, let's do a Reader's Digest version of Andrea because the long version, we'd be here for weeks. I am happily and truly in love with my husband of 23 years. <laughs> I fell in love with Jim at first sight, no joke, when I was 18. I went home and told my mom I had met my husband. She was not pleased, but when she met Jim, she was pleased. It took Jim about a year and a half to realize I had found the love of my life, and it was him, but he finally, for the love of God, got down on one knee and finally asked me the question. I was pretty thick, yes. Good Lord. Wasn't even looking. Ridiculous. <laughs> um, one of our mentors had to tell him, Jim, ask her to marry you or she's going to leave. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah, true story. Okay, so yeah, we've been married longer than we've pretty much been alive half of our lives now. I had every intention of being the first female president. I was going to run a large corporation. I was exceptionally career-minded. I went to college. I graduated with honors, blah, 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 blah. Then my first child was put into my arms. 
Am I allowed to cry on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, Add some authenticity. Oh, mercy. That's, what, that's Oprah Winfrey's secret. Oh. Always get somebody no, to cry. No, hers is gifts. Are oh, you going to give right. me a gift after give this? Give away free stuff. Well, if I can't make you cry, we'll give away free stuff. <laughs> to me? <laughs> sure. Okay, that's good. But no, honestly, I was I was extremely career-minded. And um, at age 23, we adopted our angel from Russia. And literally, the world shifted when I held my son for the first time. And after that, as a couple, we really became focused on getting one of us at home at all times. For a while, that was Jim, and that bothered the heck out of me because I was so jealous. Um, and I hated it. And Jim was miserable. <laughs> Being home, changing diapers as an entrepreneur is is maddening. <laughs> like <laughs> we were we were watching some other kids too and helping some folks out, and oh my goodness, it, it drove me nuts. So I was really hoping that it would at some point drive Andrea nuts, and we could swap roles. We did it for what, a year? Nine months. Nine months. Yeah, where I was at home changing diapers and feeding smashed peas to babies. (laughs) Watching Elmo. Yeah, reruns (laughs) of Sesame Street, pulling my hair out, literally. And Andrea was was going a little crazy herself, having to get up and go to the office. And there I was sleeping in with the baby. And yeah, so we... I was so mad. I was so jealous. We reversed roles. I was so jealous. I just wanted to be with my kids. So, you know, Jim Sully, you guys know the story. You know, you ramped up. He launched his own thing, and I was able to be a stay-at-home mom before he launched, but that was one of the best days of my life when Jim got a raise when he was in corporate world, and uh, he came down the stairs and he said, Andrea, quit your job, and I think I jumped 10 feet in the air because I knew that meant I could stay home with my sons, and I I was just thrilled. That's the biggest part of me is family, and to be without them is just not something I would ever want to consider. But my personality, you guys are going to figure this out real quick. I'm Jim's yin and I'm yang, or is it I'm yin and he's yang? I don't know. But personalities that are opposite definitely attract. You'll <laughs> be able to tell that in this podcast. I am an extrovert. I talk a lot. I enjoy anything social. I just, I get a kick out of it, or a huge kick out of it. And you're a great artist too. Oh, <laughs> thank you, you. You've got some beautiful, we're, we're really pushing. Send us some feedback, go to silentgym.com slash podcast and send us notes for Andrea, encouraging her to bring some of her art to our live <gasps> events. She's so shy about showing it off and she really needs to. We need to auction some of it off, even for a charity no. or something. In real life auction? So no, people see I it. won't come to the conference. No. <laughs> see, this is this is the battle I'm facing, no. guys. Help me out here. No. She doesn't want people to see her art and she no, creates this I want beautiful people... art. No. You just don't want to talk about In front of me. I can't take you don't want it. To talk what about if somebody it in front said of you? it was ugly? I would cry and <laughs> it would melt on the floor and then I have to crawl away and yeah, hide you, in a corner. You hear you hear from hundreds of people who say how beautiful and amazing and incredible it is. But if one person comes up to her at a live event and goes, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of neutral on this. You would fall into a puddle. <laughs> it would be over. I we need do to work. It. We need to do some coaching sessions. I couldn't do it. There's, oh, I don't know. I do sell my art online and that's just yeah. fine with me. Yeah. She and doesn't have to see people as they, uh, as they right. unwrap it. That that's way. right. That's right. Oh, but, um, but yeah, art's a, a huge job. part of my life. It always has been. And we'll have a link to her art stuff for those of you who oh, are artists. We will? Oh, yeah, of course. In the show oh, notes. Oh, how fancy. Yeah, absolutely. One other thing you guys may not know about me is that, um, and this dominates our daily life. I was in a catastrophic traffic event in April, gosh, April 26th. It's coming up next week, nine years ago. And I'm not going to give you all the details, but there were fatalities. I was severely injured. And as a result of that accident, 
I developed PTSD and I have complex PTSD. It's treatment resistant. And even though I am eons better than where I was six, seven, eight years ago, it's still something that we deal with as a family. And one thing I'm really grateful of, and God saw it coming, I didn't, but that this lifestyle would allow me to recuperate and heal and we wouldn't be homeless <laughs> or whatnot because there's no way I could have held down a full-time job the last six or seven or eight years. But yeah, and I'm very open with that. And if you guys know anyone who's struggling with PTSD, hook them up with me on Facebook. It's one of my major joys in life is to talk to people about PTSD, debunks myths, and you know, just tell them about my journey, what treatments have worked, that kind of thing. But yeah, P yeah. PTSD is, um, for those of you who've never heard the phrase, post-traumatic stress. Some people just call it PTS. Some people call it PTSD, put the word disorder on the end. But basically, it's when your brain gets more trauma than it can handle in a very short period of time, it can mess things up. And that's what we see our soldiers coming back. We used to call it shell shock in World War II. Now we've recognized it's actually a medical condition. And the brain gets kind of scrambled a little bit in regards to its ability to process danger. And well, my brain worked perfectly yeah. in that moment of you jumped. fight or flight. I yeah. assume I was coming towards me on a sidewalk. My brain was perfect. It saved me and my angels saved me. But it just since then, it hasn't really stopped wanting to fly. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't really turned off. Hypervigilance is the term. So we're very familiar with this, but I love that we had the flexibility. We had that lifestyle that allows us to be where we need to be when we need to be there get the treatment when we still homeschool our kids, which we've talked about on this podcast before. So we're able to juggle all this with extreme flexibility. The income is there to be able to manage this. So yeah, the, it's like God just handed us the perfect business model to be able to live our lives with extreme flexibility. Right. And we're very proud of you and your journey and the progress you're making. And yeah, significant anniversary coming up it here is. in a few days. It's next week. But I think this is a good place to transition into oh, some my. specific questions. Okay. And there's no right or wrong answers here. We didn't do a whole lot of preparation for this, <laughs> if that's not obvious. <laughs> oh, great. Now you're already saying it's bad? No, I'm saying it's going great. Oh, it just doesn't mercy. sound rehearsed. They don't oh, want my rehearsed. Mercy, my mercy, my mercy. Rehearsed is bad. <laughs> okay, so what was it like making that transition from being <laughs> career couple, you know, the, the dinks, as they say, double income, no kids. You know, then we had some kids and then I worked, you know, I was the sole income earner there for a while. You were the stay-at-home mom. And you know, homeschooling, homeschooling our kids. But then we made that transition. Let's talk about going full-time online. We made that transition by fire, dude. <laughs> we did. We did. Some of them have heard the story. Some of them haven't, but tell it from your perspective. I mean, I came home and said, what? <laughs> okay. So you all know that he was ramping up eBay and whatnot on the side, hoping to replace his full-time income with the eBay thing of which I never understood, but I trusted him. You must know one thing about me. I was raised in a family that had a brick and mortar home business. It was an HVAC business. It dominated our every family get together from Christmas to Easter, to birthdays, to picnics, everything. It was all about business all the time. And that includes fights and that includes disagreements. So I had a very, very specific idea of what I thought was an accurate rendition of owning your own business. And I was not <laughs> really, really, really not on board with You thought it meant getting the whole family together frequently so everybody could fight. 
with each other about the business. <laughs> Pretty much. Cause that had been my that's what you grew experience. Up in, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. I, how do I say this without sounding like a total jerk? I told Jim at the time that I trusted him, but that I didn't want to do it. <laughs> so he was slowly ramping up the income. He knew in a couple months he was going to be able to replace his corporate salary. He went into the office a normal Tuesday morning or whatever. And he came back home about 10. The minute I saw that guy walk through the front door, I knew something horrible had happened. And yeah, he'd been fired because I didn't take notice at his corporate job. If I could have been a color, I would have been red for anger because I was eight months pregnant with Zane. Yep. And He'll I. Be 15 this year. Yeah. I was. Maybe that's when I got PTSD. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I was terrified. Yeah. I was scared. I didn't understand how the business worked well enough to trust it. I just trusted Jim enough to say, okay, let's do it. But there's this caveat of, you know, Jim, I did not want to do this with my life. <laughs> it took us three, at least three, if not four years to figure out how to live this lifestyle. This is something that's not talked about a lot in the MST community. Yes, we all live an amazing lifestyle blessed by freedoms that many people don't have due to, you know, cubicle prisons and such. Yeah, that's fantastic. But nobody really teaches you how to live with one another 24-7 plus have kids involved Plus the stress of, you know, Jim's responsible for our entire upkeep, living, mortgage payment, car payment, everything. The first three years were hard. It was, it was quite difficult for us as a couple. We tried all kinds of things. Like, you know, Jim would go to Starbucks just to give me some like headspace <laughs> to just be free for a minute of the idea of business being in the house. We had three very rambunctious boys during this time and it was complicated. Maybe you guys have experienced this. You have a spouse at home tending to the kids and you hear a kid scream. Jim would think he would need to run out of the office and run down the stairs and come save me. And I would get so mad at him. I'd be like, this is my job. Stay out of my world. Go back to your office, close the door. Unless you smell smoke, don't come out. Like I have this. And it really took a long time for him to believe me that I wasn't going to be mad at him if he didn't come down and help when he heard screaming and hollering and shrieking. You know, we even tried having him on an offsite location at a different office. And that just, it just really didn't work. Finally, we put in some self-induced parameters as a couple that made us feel like we got our feet under us eventually, but it did not happen automatically. And we fought during those three years. I was confused during those three years. I mean, I could see that the money was coming. I saw that the business was working, but I still didn't trust the future of the business. Can I tell them what it's like when we fight? Are you okay with that? Like, just be real open and honest about it. Can we fight when you're done? Um, sure. Like, <laughs> this will be a very entertaining podcast oh, if we Lord. do that. Okay, yeah, okay. go. I dare you. So, like, we've, you know, people may think, oh, those guys don't fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We fight, but typically they all end the same way. Jim. <laughs> you like this story, don't I you? I don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> oh, I do know what she you're about. She comes crawling back on her hands and knees and looks under the bed where I'm hiding and says, <laughs> Jim, get out here and fight like a man. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's I love a true that story. story. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. And, the, well, and, the, and that she kicks my butt, basically. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we have different personalities. Um, we do. But yeah, that those three years, they were hard. They were very, very difficult. I had to redefine what, it, um, what, what your own business was, what it could look like. But I wouldn't really want to redo those three years. For those of you who are inside those three years, I just want you to press on, keep at it, don't give up. I felt many times like just screaming at Jim, for the love of God, go work for IBM and just be a normal person. I cannot take this. <laughs> I never, I well, I might have said that once yeah. or twice, maybe, yeah. but he never actually did it, which is good. But for you guys that are in the middle of that adjustment period, just stick it out, find your parameters, put boundaries in place for you guys and push through. Just And also trust your entrepreneur. If you're an entrepreneur listening to this, have your loved ones listen to this. Jim, I think, I hope, no, I know, Jim always knew I had his back. But oh, yeah, the, of course. I never doubted that. But at the same time, he knew I was I was pretty scared, too. Right, right. Yeah. And I think the industry has changed enough now to where I think most people listening to this would consider a corporate career as the freakishly scary, why in the world <laughs> would anybody ever want to do that option? But back then, that's back what you then, did. Back then, though, that was the, what we knew. Uh, now, there's I know plenty of people who scoff at the concept of ever having a real job, like a one paycheck when I could be getting 50 a day instead. Like, why would I ever do yeah, that? Yeah, but people don't understand but, that. Yeah, a lot of people don't. And, like me. Right. And the non-entrepreneurs don't see – Yeah, they have a harder time with that. I mean, because we were raised where the path to security and success – you know, this is, we were both public school educated and, and basically we all heard the exact same message, get good grades, go to the best school you can go to, which will get you the best job you can get, which will lead to the best income you can hope for, which will lead to the best retirement you can aim for. And literally every step of that process, in my opinion, is completely broken. Now I understand that back then that's all we knew. I mean, that is literally the only option. That I you mean, have. honestly, folks, we had our friends and family truly worried about us. They really did not know what we were doing. I think they thought this was like Jim's early midlife crisis. Our neighbors still have no idea what we do. They, they think we in, sell drugs. They must. We have decent cars. You're always here and we're all always here. I'm in basketball shorts at three in the afternoon outside goofing off on my basketball court. You know, People ask like, me what you do and as always, I never know what to I say. I don't know what to say either. We well, need to figure that out. I we? do know. I just say you sell drugs and they shut up <laughs> they, well, and the conversation's over. Right. <laughs> or I say you're an author and then they're like, oh, what kind? Like fiction? I'm like, um, no, he writes about something about the internet. And then their eyes are like, huh? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, either. And we just go on. <laughs> yeah. So it, it wasn't an easy transition and we still have a hard time sometimes describing to people. I think one of the most challenging questions we get asked as internet entrepreneurs is, so what do you do for a living? Uh, Oh man, like how much time do you have? There's so many interesting projects and thing. We're always experimenting and trying new things, which leads us to some of the more interesting challenges for this recording today. You know, like we mentioned early on, there's a lot of people in our community who are married and they're married to an entrepreneur. They're both entrepreneurs. Lucky. Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I, we've heard, I've heard arguably more difficult challenges with that arrangement. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, no, my ideas are better. No, mine are better. You know, constantly every oh, decision yeah. 
Yeah. Every decision. I heard that in my sessions. Has to be like, are you kidding me? I'm just talking about ordering, ordering the paper for the printer. And like, no, this is the paper we need to order. No, that, you know, like we don't do that here. We don't have to worry about that. I get to make all the decisions and suffer all the consequences. And I am, (laughs) I am patted on the back for all the wins. You know, it's, it's, it's a hundred percent, right? Um, you know, now some of the relational stuff though, I can go to Andrea and her instincts. And this is, I mean, this is just a little tidbit for the dudes, man. Here's some advice on, uh, the instincts and the, the women's intuition, man, that's a real thing. I mean, that's placed in there by God. So sometimes Andrew will say to me, uh, you know, that guy that you're talking about working with, I met him and I spent a few minutes with him and I just don't know. Keep your eye on that guy. And every time, you know, with, with very rare exceptions, every time, six to eight months later, it's like she nailed it, you know, and, and uh, I don't want you to be nervous guys to meet my wife now. <laughs> But you know, ladies have that intuition. If you haven't figured that out yet, you must that still be single. It doesn't happen all the time, honestly. It doesn't happen it, often. It, it's not a, a common occurrence. Yeah, but you know, she's got this radar, and, and all females do, that guys simply don't have, especially in, in regards to relational issues. Our, our, our relationship quotient is significantly lower. On the on a bell curve, you know, guys are lower. Well, and Jim, you on that quotient, I mean, you're... Mm-hmm. You like kind of tank on that quotient. <laughs> oh yeah. I just, I like, I'm like a puppy dog trusting everybody immediately. I'm like, oh, you're awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's do a bunch of business together. And Jim will come to me after a long conversation with the business or whatever. And he'll have this really confused look on his face. And this is really the only part I play in the business world with him on a daily or not even daily basis, but he'll be like, Andrea, they said this. Then they said that, then another person said this, and then this happened, and I have to dissect it for him socially because he doesn't get the nuances. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely he's, socially awkward, okay? He's so, Let's just get that out there. It's so great because he succeeds at everything he touches, and it's so annoying after a while to actually see him fail at something. I kind of get a big kick out of it. Yeah, you do. I, yeah, I laugh a lot. You, that's some of your best laughs of your it life. It is. It's <laughs> totally. On so, our second date, when you fell on your face at Taco Bell, yeah, even then, I already knew you were like one of those <laughs> Midas dudes. You know, you touch it, it's gold, and you fell on your face. I Wiped laugh. Out. I still laugh. I still that. blame it on the railing, but it wasn't uh, the that's railing a story fault. for another day. It's a great story. And yeah, I, I could have sued Taco Bell. No, he couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the difference between being a team in the business and having someone who's polar opposite in regards to entrepreneurial thinking, it can work either way. I think we but, should talk about our personal boundaries, how we made it finally work. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, what you what com- you know, what are some of the things that we do as opposites in regards to business to make that arrangement work? We eventually figured out that we needed to respect each other's own mental space and passions. We needed to encourage the other person in their area of passion, but not speak with any type of authority really about their passion because Jim doesn't understand my passion of art and Lordy, 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 I do not get y'all entrepreneurs in the way y'all think. I think you all are wonderful people. I you guys are a hoot. I love you all, but I don't understand how your brain works. I never will. I gave up understanding Jim's brain decades ago. So boundaries we put in place was, uh, there were many, but one is pretty much, you know, don't step on my toes. This is my thing. I know what I'm doing. If I want help, I'll ask for it. Another thing we did was I literally have nothing to do with Jim's business on a daily basis. Now at the conference, I do. 
And because that's very relational. And that's where you're in your sweet spot. And I'm very much out <laughs> of my comfort zone, yeah. deer in headlights the whole <laughs> poor time. Poor guy. You guys see Jim at the conference, just give him a hug. Yeah. I'm always pulling him in the corner and give him a hug yeah. saying, you're doing great, babe. You can do this. I, I have gotten better. You have gotten like- I actually slept, I think, a night or two this most recent event. You know, whereas the first couple, I don't know oh if my I gosh, even slept. The first I was so nervous. CES, I- I thought he was going to come down with some sort of illness and have to be hospitalized from stress. It was horrible. Yeah. And after that first conference, I said, we're not doing that again. Are we? Are we seriously? We've said that many times, haven't we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but they always go so great. I mean, it's- you know, It's fun in the moment. Yeah. And, but, then the, and then the results in the end, you know, yeah. I mean, that's what fuels me is being able to duplicate this fantastic lifestyle that we have. If I can help- make that happen. If Andrew and I can do events like this and help other families establish this, I mean, I think we're building a beautiful legacy of, you know, how you can be a great husband or wife and a great provider and a great mom or dad and have flexibility in doing all of it. You know, the internet makes those things possible. I love sharing it. That's my passion. So if I have to get out of my comfort zone a little bit to make that happen, you know, that's why we do these live events. And then more to our boundaries. So we don't step on each other's toes. I don't know the bank accounts for the business. I don't know what Jim spends on the business. I never question his spending. I wholeheartedly 120% trust Jim to make the right decision. And if something flops, I know he'll bounce back because that's just entrepreneurs do that. You guys aren't scared of failure. You might fail on one thing, but you have 15, 20, a hundred other things in your wheelhouse that you're working and you know, money will come from that. So with that knowledge, once I finally believed it, you know, I trust him implicitly. I have never read any of his books. I have never read silent sales machine. I have never read 101 marketing. You've written other ones. Haven't you? Have you other? I, I don't know. I can't keep track myself. Anymore. Have you written more than two books? There's a handful of stuff out there. Yeah. You really? should. Yeah. Google me. No, I don't want to. I'm a pretty big deal. Why would I Google you? You're right here. I don't need to Google you for the love of God. Um, But no, on purpose, you guys, I don't. Jim and I agreed I would not read those books because our line in the sand is I'm not involved on a daily basis with it. It would drive me bat crazy because I don't understand it. It's like math. It's, it would be like for me being in geometry class 24 hours a day. I would just want to cry. I would want to cry because I don't understand it. So, which is one of the only subjects I got A's in. Right, right. Geometry was right. so easy for me. And that's the only reason I got through college is uh, that I had him to help me with geometry with, and yeah, statistics. The, the math stuff, yeah. Whereas, you know, if Jim had to be immersed in art and creation and abstract, yeah, I just he, don't would, get it. he would hate it, right? Yeah. So we have determined to value each other's passions, but not to intercede in them. I trust Jim. He knows that. He knows I'm a cheerleader, but... I don't get in his way, essentially. Yeah, it's, it's one of the best gifts that I think a wife can give a husband is to truly believe in him, not just give it lip service, but to truly believe that he's capable of greatness, even when he's not necessarily there yet, which was a great gift that Andrea gave me. That, Do you feel like I did that? When yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know you were scared. I was too. When I came home and I was fired and you were eight months pregnant and I mean, we had to, we were juggling insurance literally at the hospital. We had our insurance agent in the at, There with us trying to figure out what's the, what do we do for insurance Because we here? couldn't afford Cobra. Yeah. yeah. You, we were looking at all these expensive options. We had to have an insurance agent, eight month wife, eight month pregnant wife. In I went the into labor early. I wonder why. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, I'm glad you feel that, yeah. that way. You know, and I don't want to, we didn't take an irresponsible leap at that point. No. You know, I, because I don't want to, I don't want to encourage anyone to think, Hey, this can work for anybody. I'm going to go quit my job. You know, we, we had, I think probably three to four months. We had three to four months, but we were wanting of, six. Of, yeah. We were hoping for six to eight months in the bank before we quit, which is why I'd given my kind of pre notice to my employer, like, Hey, you know, <laughs> five, six months from now, I might maybe be giving my notice. I want to give you a heads up and kick it around and think it through because I had a big sales territory and a lot of clients. And I wanted to transition someone in slowly because I knew going cold Turkey, if I gave them two weeks notice, I'd be really abandoning them. Uh, and so they responded by firing me within 24 hours. <laughs> and so that was, they that escorted was him out of the building. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, they, they wanted all the laptop and everything right there. And I like, uh, can I have the laptop for like an hour and just get my stuff <laughs> off of it? He's and my boss was cool in that way. He's like, yep, sure. Take your time, get your stuff off there. But it was done just like that quick. Another thing I want to talk about our boundaries real quick is I don't speak entrepreneur. You guys use a different language. You have all these weird acronyms. You have all these odd words. I don't speak entrepreneur. Jim knows that. He respects the fact that I don't speak entrepreneur. So if he'll have something that he wants to run past me, like relationally, or if he just feels the need to vent about business, that's not off the table. It's not like he can't talk to me about work. Now, mind you, it does slightly depend on my mood, (laughs) doesn't it? Sure, a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. A little bit. But, I mean, Jim, Jim can bounce, like, just bad days off of me. But he will notice my eyes glaze over about three minutes into it, and I kind of go to a happy place. And I'm I'm encouraging him with pom-poms, you know, figuratively, go Jim, go. But I don't really understand what he's talking about, like being ungated on Amazon or <coughs> PPP or PPI or PL or FBA or AZ or whatever in the heck y'all talking about. He talks to me, and I want you entrepreneurs to know that your loved ones, when you speak to them about your work, Don't assume that the look on their face means they're disinterested. I'm sure they are interested. It's simply they just aren't quite following your terminology and you're not doing anything wrong either. It's just a conversation that needs to be had. Like, hey, dude, I don't know what PPL is. Do you want to tell me real quick? Or when you, the entrepreneur, go to your loved one and say, I've had a rough day. Just sit here and listen to me. You don't have to say a word. Jim's done that before. And he walks away feeling better and I walk away feeling like I didn't really say much, but it looks like he feels better. So I guess that went well, <laughs> but we don't speak business every day. And for us that works. Yeah. And, and we've both had to learn some pretty significant listening skills. I think, you know, it, you can't call it listening skills. If people are talking about stuff you're interested in, it's when you're, they're talking about stuff you're not interested in. And your ability to hang with the conversation and ask intelligent questions and engage. So one of the benefits I think we've seen from this being a topic that just totally isn't interesting to my wife and we've figured out how to navigate it is I've had to get really good at communicating these concepts in such a way that they make sense and resonate with someone who's maybe not all that familiar with what it is I'm talking about 
which has benefited us tremendously because here I am finding myself communicating these concepts to people who haven't been exposed to them for a living. So it's like, if I can make it interesting and make sense to Andrea, <laughs> who doesn't care about this stuff, your litmus test. surely an entrepreneur who is interested in making money <laughs> and is interested in internet business, I can communicate it to them <laughs> effectively. So I mean, those of you who are of the opinion that I'm a fairly decent communicator on the subject, you should thank Andrea because <laughs> she was, she was the guinea pig who went through all the, the acronyms and the, you know, when I'm, I, I am the guinea pig, when I'm not descriptive I'm enough, not, she it, points it there's out. There's no past tense to that. Y'all I am currently the guinea pig and there is no foreseeable future for that to end. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing a good job of it. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Great job. Well, I, I think one of the other questions that comes up, it's popular and here's here's a couple topics. Okay, I want to talk about our routine. Like, what's our routine now? What's life look like now? What do we do day to day basis now? Well, let, let's just go with that one first. Do let's we just have see where that to? Takes us. Oh, oh my god! I think it's healthy. People I mean, it comes up like, how do we crazy. balance? How do you balance real life and business? And what's you know what's our day to day look like? And I was just I, I noticed a friend of mine on Facebook posted a couple of days ago that the only regularly scheduled, predictable part of their week was trash day. <laughs> that sounds like, like us. <laughs> I was like, that's us. That's no, exactly basketball us. on Tuesdays. Yeah, I've got my, yeah, and I, you know, I, I mean, we have plenty of routine. I run five days a week and, you know, there's those things. But as far as like- I don't run unless I'm being chased. Exactly. So there's another big, but you did run in college or high school. Cross country varsity. Cross country, so yeah. I've met my lifelong limit of running. All the running she's going to do. Yep. But even that, like, I don't have like by 8.15, I'm out the door. You know, it's, we don't use the clock a whole lot around here, <laughs> which don't. creates some interesting challenges when there's actually a clock involved in plans <laughs> that we're making. Um, it, we'll it creates have some friends challenges. say like, you guys, you, you guys want to go somewhere and, you know, meet at noon <clears throat> and Jim and I look at each other and like, noon? Who gets their family what? out the door by then for anything? Right? Noon? That's now, like, if you're talking 10 p.m., yeah, sign us up. Yeah. Like our house <laughs> comes alive about 8 p.m. We live in the Eastern time zone, New York time, basically. And basically our clock, our life works around Pacific time is what we tell people. So whatever time it is in California, that's kind of what time it is in our heads. <laughs> so if someone wants us to be somewhere at eight or nine in the morning, it's probably just not going to happen. Not, we're not going to get our whole family anywhere at eight or nine in the morning. It's we not have happen. before, but I it mean, usually results in some sort of fighting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is why when CES starts at like nine in the morning at oh these big gosh. events, we're like oh, scrambling to get everybody looking good. Like we're just not used to that. Yeah. Yeah. Excuse the bags under my eyes at CES in the mornings because I'm usually not even aware of the world. We should at probably that time. move the event to the West Coast. That would help us out, wouldn't that it? That might help. So noon would be like 9 a.m. 9 a.m. would be noon to us. That'd be nice. <laughs> uh, our schedule around here has changed now that our kids have gotten older. I have always homeschooled all of our children. We have five. One's graduated. Chase is 20. Then I have Trey, who's 17. Zane, who's 14. Ty, who's 14 and has special needs. And then Avon, who's 10. Is that five? Did I get everybody? That's all of them. Right. The more independent the kids have gotten with their education, the more freedom our schedule has had. And also, when you have young children, your days must look vastly different than the days look when you have older children. I know ours did. When we had small children as part of the business, we were on a strict wake up, go to bed kind of thing. I know everyone will be shocked to hear that, but our children needed routine our kids already thought we were super weird because their dad didn't go away to an office like all their other friends did. 
and that's a whole topic of conversation that I'll cover in my session with CES, but you know, how to explain this job to kids. There's explanations that need to occur, especially to young children. So yeah, our mornings, our routines when our kids were younger were, were more similar to the average family. But then when our kids developed independent skills, independent learning skills, when I got PTSD, uh, when Thai special needs became pretty dominant, it became a thing of go to bed when it works, wake up when it works, make sure you get everything done in between. And we really don't care what the rest of the world thinks about that because it works for us. Uh, we have a couple kids who have their own jobs now. They have adjusted just fine to being on time for their jobs. We have not messed them up for life. But yeah, raising kids, small kids inside this lifestyle, we did have routine. We did have family dinners three or four times a week. Now kids wake up at various times. Avon and Ty's homeschool starts at 12. I have a homeschool tutor come in and help with math and science. And they're done about three we have Taekwondo like four nights a week. Chase, our oldest, teaches. Our family dinners are mostly held on Monday and Tuesdays. And I know this is going to sound insane and I really don't care, but they start at about 930. And there have been many, many, many times in the last several years where we will still be sitting at the dinner table at 1130. And somebody looks at their phone and says, oh my gosh, it's 1130. And so you know, we like, oh, I guess we should probably stop dinner and do the dishes and get on with, you know, the night. <laughs> One thing that I've had to learn is that other people's routines are correct for them. Our routines are correct for us. What we're telling you that we do, it might not work for you guys. And that's perfectly fine. But I believe that each family inside this entrepreneurial lifestyle does find or needs to find some sort of routine that their kids can kind of know sort of what's going to happen. Maybe not specifically, but just in general. I think it's important for kids to have a generalized idea about the, what the week will hold. Yeah. And when they were all younger, I mean, there's plenty of people listening to this podcast. They don't have kids. Some of them have kids that are grown. There's people who are, their kids are grown and they have grandkids and they're juggling that. So every, every circumstance is going to look different. But when our kids were younger, we were far more routine. Now we're, we're just not. But that's part of our life philosophy is extreme flexibility. That's one of our family values. Some people have a family value of extreme regimented disciplined schedule. I think there's a bell curve there. And there again, we are on the far side of a bell curve. I, I tell people quite frequently when I'm describing our family, like if you put everything on a bell curve that you can think of regarding families, we're on the extreme edge of just about all of them. You know, we're out there kind of in the weird, like what? Five kids, what? Three international adoptions. You guys sleep in till when? You eat supper when? Like, you know, every routine we have or every family characteristic we have, it's on the far edge of normal. But none of that was planned. No. Honestly, when Joe and I got married, we didn't know this was going to happen. I mean, we would have lost money on that bet. I think we kind of would have assumed Jim would eventually own his own business. He was always entrepreneurially minded. But five kids... Homeschool. I was dead set against homeschool too, by the way. I didn't want to do that either. Yeah. Jim was always for it. God changed my heart about that. But all of this stuff, they're just wonderful, surprising paths that God's led us down. And all of these paths combined has really made a really beautiful journey for us that we're still on, just like you guys have your own paths. 
and accumulated, they create a really amazing journey, a great story, a life story. You know, Jim and I are creating history with our children, not for the world, but we're creating our family history, our family legacy right now for our kids to pass on. And that's, it's really important for us to spend as much time as possible with our kids at the same time, indulging our hardwired passions, which is Jim's entrepreneurial slant and my artwork. Perfect. Well, I think this has been a great episode. I think we're going to get some good questions and good feedback. One of the other topics that I want to hit before we start to wrap up, and I wish we could take some questions right now, but fortunately this is recorded before people hear it. But if someone were to come to one of our live events at CES, jimcockramevents.com, you can get the upcoming events there and you have a breakout session, what might they expect? We've hinted around about it a little bit, um, but I know a lot of people listening to this actually are coming to one of our upcoming events, CES, September 2017 in Orlando. You're going to do a breakout session. <laughs> so we'll see you guys there if you're planning to come. The event sold out, again, super fast. Oh my gosh, you guys, we just finished the most stressful week of our year. Thank God that's over. Y'all don't even know. Ticket sales. is it, It's pretty crazy. Yes. All these people with special requests. and I mean, you guys probably do know. You have a sense of how much work it is, but Jim's a pretty low-key guy. I've heard Jim yell three times in 23 years. I'm not joking, not lying. The dude does not raise his voice. When I have managed to get him to raise his voice, I kind of consider it like a success. <laughs> but the week that conference tickets goes on sale... The whole family steers clear of dad because it, you just never know. Like, it, oh yeah, I'm just glad last week's done. It's a big, it's a big ordeal. There's a lot of moving parts, and in order to to do it well, it has to be profitable. You have to pay everybody that's involved in working so hard, and and uh, I'm left making decisions that are, uh, you know, outside of my comfort zone because you know we we're not a event company. No. And that we've done five of these now. We're starting to figure it out. We're getting pretty good at it. The feedback is good, but man, there's a lot of strange decisions that have to be made very rapidly behind the scenes um, that hopefully the attendees never even know about. They just and show details up and, overwhelm Jim quickly. Those little details. They, oh, overwhel yeah. they overwhelm him very, very quickly. And you can just see it in his body language. He's just, ugh. I just... I just want to have the conference. I want to help people. I want others to help each other. I hate all the behind the scenes stuff, but man, it is so worth it in September when we all get together and that reunited feeling happens as a family for all of you, not just the seven of us, but all of you attendees. It's fascinating and wonderful. And I, the conference is a bunch of hard work. I have to be honest with you as a family, it's a bunch of hard work, but it's definitely worth it once we're there and in the middle of it. And seeing everybody again is great. Well, what can they expect if they go to your session? In my session, we will talk a bit like this, but more open, more transparent. Um, it is a, it's not just Andrea speaking. I may be standing at the front of the room, but I don't assume that I'm in charge of it. There's dialogue between people in the session, um, other people helping someone. You know, I'm 40. Oh gosh, I just turned 43 this week, you know, so in my session, I Happy might, birthday. thank you. I might have a, a, a woman, a generation ahead of me who can give better advice to a younger mother. And so I'm, I'm like, go for it. I, I don't own this session. It's a lot of give and take, a lot of great advice from families that have figured things out for themselves and share that freely. We also share about the hardships 
everyone thinks this lifestyle is air quote, oh, so simple. Yeah. I don't really think it is oh, so simple. I think there's a lot about it that takes effort. It's a wonderful lifestyle, but just because God put us on this track does not mean it's going to be rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. So the sessions, we talk about the hard parts. We talk about raising children inside this lifestyle. You'll hear talks about, well, what do I do if one of my kids doesn't want to work for us or doesn't want to be your typical defined entrepreneur, self-employed kind of thing? Um, We hash all that out. And it's really great. I always walk away learning tons from the attendees and I look forward to it every year. Really do. Well, I, I think this has been a really good use of time. I think I didn't really a, mess up once, no, did I? Not at all. No, I mean, there's no messing up. It's <laughs> oh just gosh. good, honest conversation. And <laughs> I didn't know podcasts weren't edited until about ten minutes before we did this. I thought someone took this and edited out all of my bad things we that do, I would say. <laughs> besides, you know, unless a dog breaks into my office and starts barking his head <laughs> off, you know, we tend to just kind of let it roll and <laughs> throw it out there and let people see what life is really like. We tried editing these things up nice and tight the first few. And after that, we're like, hey, you know what? Let's just let people hear real life and go for it and get these episodes out there so people can enjoy them. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. And please send us feedback if you want Andrea to be, come back as a guest. Be nice to if me. Questions. Don't be mean. Don't be mean. Please don't be mean. I can't take it. <laughs> I won't show her the please negative don't feedback. Be mean. <laughs> she can't take that, okay? She can't take that. Shut up. I can't. It's not nice. I know, you Are just you can? Like it rolls off your back. People yeah. give him the nastiest emails and he doesn't, he laughs. Like <laughs> he'll bring them up at the dinner table and he'll be like, look what somebody wrote me. Yeah. And my boys will laugh. And Avon and I, we're almost in tears. It's, it's a rite of passage in leadership online, especially. I think I've been describing it lately as playing whack a mole, where sometimes you're the hammer, a lot of times you're the mole. And, uh, you know, if you pop your head up and you try to lead a bunch of people somewhere that you think is important and you show some success in doing that, there's going to be a lot of people who just don't like you. Yeah, but... And they'll say really mean things about you. Yeah, but you're my husband. And dude, you don't say bad things about my man. Like, I get it. Yeah. That's another reason I'm not involved in the business on a daily basis. I try not to let her hear the negatives because it it does set her off. It does. You do not mess with him. You do not mess with Jim Cogram. (laughs) I am a little bit fierce. I'll tell you. Take him on and I will take you on. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, you don't want to mess with Andrea. (laughs) That's why I run and hide under the bed when we... Uh, you, you you understand it now. You can feel it now, people, yeah, right? I'm nice. No, I'm you're, nice. It's you're just awesome. When people say wrong things about you or they try to copy your work, are you kidding me? Yeah, I Like, know. really? I know. Someone Some tries people... to take your ebook and put their name on it? <laughs> for the love of God, they don't know how much work that took for our family to get out there. Okay, now I'm going to get on a soapbox and I'm going to mess this podcast up. So I'm no, going to shut up right all, now. It, it's all good. You know, and here I am. I, you know, people copy my stuff. And I'm it like, rolls off his back. That's flattering. No, it's not flattering. It's because mean. They're not as good at marketing it as I am. Let them do it. Uh, whatever. Uh, but no. that's, yeah, you can see, you know, we're, we don't think the same way. Let's no, just put don't. it that way. But we get along great. It's, it's a I really like beautiful you. relationship. We've learned a ton about each other and, our relationship has never been stronger. We've been through some crazy trials, but yep. um, man, with God's help, we've we've faced down some giants together. And, and this was, I think, a really good episode. I mean, <laughs> I, it's hard for me to judge. <laughs> Typically about this point in a podcast episode, I have an idea like, yeah, that was an eight. Oh, man, that was a 10. Oh, that was kind of a four or oh five. Oh, my gosh. What I, if I this can't is wait a to two, Jim? I, I have no idea. Oh, I no. honestly have no idea oh, how this is going to go over with people. Um, but you know, fortunately your podcast 
uh, player has a pause, skip, fast forward button. Just don't tell Andrea if you if you skip this one, okay? Don't tell her. Please help me here. Don't say a word to my wife if you skipped this one. Just tell her, yeah, I heard it. It was great, okay? And then send me the honest feedback. Shut up. James Russell, they won't really, will they? No. People are nice. People Everybody are nice. who listens to our podcast, we give them a test to see how nice they are, and only nice Jim, people are up. allowed to listen You're to the podcast. It's this new technology we've come up with. Only nice people. Whatever. If you want to talk to me, my Facebook page is public. Come friend me over there, and you yeah, can get we'll, the Yeah, we'll re- stick it in the show notes. Yeah. My, my wall is much more transparent than Jim's because – he he has to keep about the family issues. And, yeah, Jim yeah. has to keep a a boundary, a bit of a wall, cyberly there personally. I don't, <laughs> and um, I never do. So come visit me on Facebook. It's Andrea Low Cockrum. That was a maiden name, but yeah, we'll we'll stick the link in the the show notes. People can just click and become your friend, my friend. And, and I'm willing to talk about anything on yeah, a podcast. I really am. If they yeah. if somebody wants to like ask, have a podcast about a specific subject. I think you need to have your own podcast. That's my opinion. Right. And talk about what, Jim? How oh, to do my hair? Uh, how to sure. Put on, you'd, be su- you'd be surprised. <laughs> art, family stuff. I could stuff. talk about art for hours. Oh, exactly. You'd or homeschool great. for hours. Yeah, or adoption for hours. Exactly. Or kids for hours. Yeah. Or you. I could talk about you for hours. That would bore people. No, you're so fun. <laughs> and you're quite handsome. Oh, thank you. You are. She wants to kiss me, I can tell. I just got a kiss on the cheek. <laughs> All right. I think we're going to end it there, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, again, you know, send us that feedback. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for sharing this show. We continue to be amazed at how many people are downloading and listening and sharing this show. It's Jim's so awesome. I'm so excited about these podcasts. It's so fun to watch his face light yeah, up about I just, it. I had no idea what to expect when we started doing this. And here we are coming up on like, you know, 60 episodes and it's going really, really well. And I feel like I'm getting to know the audience better. And you guys are getting a peek behind the curtain on what it's like here. So we're going to keep doing it. We're having a good time. Andrea is trying to take a selfie I'm right now. A selfie for, right so, we now. Can, so we can document this moment. That's right. Ready? Of us sharing a microphone. There, there you go. It. You heard the click. You get it. <laughs> but hey, thanks for listening. And I value your time. I hope it was a great investment for you today. And, uh, you know, just keep in mind, let me just sum up this episode this way. You know, making a lot of money is great. But it doesn't help you with relationship issues. Amen. The most important thing in your life has got to be those relationship issues. You know, for us, our worldview, it's God first, and then our spouse, and then our kids, and then all this business stuff. So I think it was good for us to kind of jump out of my priority list that you're used to hearing and jump up a couple levels and say, hey, you know, this is, and you've heard me talk about my walk with God, but you've never really heard us talk about relationship and spouse and that sort of thing. So hopefully this resonated with you, and hopefully you got a lot of good stuff from it. But hey, this is Jim and my beautiful wife, Andrea. Bye, everybody. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Silent Sales Machine Radio. We'll do this again real soon. It will have Andrea back as a guest again. (laughs) Come meet her at one of our events. She's been at every CES so far and will be at all. Just don't ask me about anything because I don't know the question. I don't know the answer. I mean, ask her about. I'll just giggle. Talk about her shoes or art, okay? Okay, that sounds shallow. (laughs) You're in trouble. Tell me you don't love shoes. You made this whole thing through without getting in trouble, and now you just got in trouble. Tell me you don't okay, love I shoes. Okay, I do love shoes. Thank you. <laughs> and you guys have a great conversation oh that way. Word. All right. God bless you guys. <laughs> Can't wait to do this again. We'll talk to you Bye. soon. Bye.